Oh, how he loves us. Amen. Amen. Despite ourselves. <laughs> I know some of us think we're all, all that in a bag of chips. But compared to God, we're still a million miles away. Amen. We'll know it when we see him. When we see him, we'll go like, oh, I don't deserve anything, any of this. But his love will reach out to us. I've heard people say that when they see Jesus, it's like seeing pools of love in his eyes. That he looks at everything that we've been through and he has compassion for us. And he welcomes us in to his fellowship and his love. And when you're in his love, there's just peace and joy like you've never known before. So I'm looking forward to that day. You can have that. You can reach for that in your quiet time, in your prayer time, and see God minister to your heart. The other day I was like, ha I felt like I was holding back on the Lord. Do you ever feel that way? Like you're just like there's a distance and you're just, there's a blockage. And I said, Lord, just come break through, you know, the things that I'm dealing with. Just break through and just come on and touch me. And he, he came through and he, he's able to carry my pains and carry my, my things that I'm dealing with uh, because he knows anyway. So why, why, why hold it from him? Why, why hide it? Say, Lord, Decipher this. Figure out what, what needs, to be, needs to happen in my heart to be closer to you. Praise the Lord. All right, well, let's pray for today's message. Father, I just thank you for, as we come together today that we'll hear words that will encourage us to, to live a life pleasing unto you that we may become the sons of God and live a life that you have ordained for us, that you've already preordained and planned, that we should before the beginning of time. So we thank you for it. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to talk about who you are in Christ. And I want to give a little recap, a little uh, summary, because not everybody was here the last two weeks. Can you imagine that? I know. I, I don't understand it myself, because... <laughs> I'm here every Sunday. Yes, talk to me. Every Sunday. Come rain or come shine, heat, snow, hail, whatever, I'm here. And you say, well, you're the pastor. <laughs> well, I was here before I was the pastor. I, I never missed a Sunday. I always came to church. I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. I wanted to get nourished and fed. And one, one time, I, uh, I, I, I ditched church. I didn't ditch it. I said, I'm going to have my own little quiet prayer time and reading of the word, you know, with the Father. And so the assistant pastor that was ministering with me or mentoring me said, where were you on Sunday? I said, I was taking some private time. <laughs> and he looked at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> he said, when the, when the family eats, you're supposed to come and dine. You're not supposed to be like going to McDonald's, you know. This is the time when you're supposed to eat from the banquet table. And I remember that. I never forgot it. And I always know that this is where the family meets and gets its meat for the, for the week. Even so, when my wife and I we got, got married, we got married kind of, you know, quickly uh, because, you know, we loved each other. <laughs> and so uh, we got married on a Thursday. We got married in a fever, hotter than a pepper sprout. No, we got married on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and we went on our honeymoon in Santa Barbara, and I said, I got to get back for Sunday service because I'm doing a skit, and I need to get back. And so that was fine. We've been working for God ever since. In fact, our first date was I took her to help me get a uh, armor, Knights of Armor, because I want to demonstrate the armor of God at church. 
And so we've been working children's church and church ever since, and God has blessed us. As you give to God, he'll give to you, amen? So that's the real, so here's the recap. The first uh, thing we talked about is that we're loved by God. And don't take that so lightly. Oh yeah, okay, he loves us. But it's not a casual love like, hey, I love you, bro, or love you, man, you know. No, it's, not, it's deeper than that. It's a, it's a commitment that he loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us even when we make mistakes. He, he loves us and, and thinks of our good all the time. Can you imagine? We don't experience that kind of love here on earth. Maybe a little bit, but most times people are more selfish than not. And so they don't give like God gives. God keeps giving and giving and giving. In fact, it says it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. Is he so good to us? You say, okay, Lord, I, I give up. I, I love you too. <laughs> he waits for us. He waits for us for years to come to the knowledge and want to be, spend time with him. He, he waits years for us. Second thing is, we're accepted by God. What does that mean? That means before you got saved, we were accepted. After we got saved, we're still accepted. Isn't that good news? God didn't make perfect people. He didn't come and say, okay, here, here's Elder Charlie. We're, we're going to you know, construct him in such a perfect way that he's never going to make a mistake. Because that puts pressure on you. Because if you make a mistake, then what do you do? Throw out your salvation? No, God still loves us, right? Now, you married people know that your spouse, you thought they were perfect when you met them. <laughs> you know, you thought, hey, man, this is, this is it. This is, this is the perfect person for me. And my wife and I used to say to each other, after we got married, we should sue each other for false advertising because the person is not exactly the same that they were when we were dating. I mean, we weren't trying to pretend, but it just seemed like everything was so easy. So it's a trick. It's a trick by God to get you to marry the person. Then after you marry the person, then you gotta learn how to love them, <laughs> right? Love at first sight is easy, but it's the continuing to love them through all the sufferings and things that you go through and the mistakes that they make and the mistakes that you make, that's true love and that's what God is. That's how he's accepted us and loved us, praise God. Then the next thing is we're a child of God. Isn't that good news that we're protected, we're provided for, we're guided? You know, when I was a child, I never had to worry about anything. Did you have, where, are we going to eat today? Did dad pay the mortgage? You know? What about the car payment? Did that happen? No, we never worried about that. You're a child. You know, you're just relaxed, you know? We never have to worry about anything. So we are a child of God. And the, the, Jesus said, the, 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 uh, the birds of the air, they don't worry about their food. You shouldn't worry about yours either. God will provide for you. Then we're a friend of God. Now, this is amazing, you know, that we are a friend of God. What does that mean? That means he's lowering himself, coming down to our level, and says, I'll be a friend with you. You don't have to come up and be so uh, holy and be with me in the heavens. I'll come down and talk with you and walk with you and be a God to you, and we can be friends. Isn't that good news? that he's not so far up that we can't talk to him and reach him. And then uh, also we are heir of God. That means we inherit everything that God has. He's given it to us through Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? That, I mean, you can't get any better than that, right? Well, there's, it gets better. Okay, here we go. The next slide. <laughs> we inherit and are entitled to his righteousness. What's that mean? His right standing. We are in right standing with him. He's not mad at us anymore. Isn't that good news? 
You make a mistake and you think, oh, God's mad at me. No, he's not mad at me because the covenant is with him and Jesus, and we hide in that covenant. We're partakers of his divine nature, partakers of the inheritance in Christ. Isn't that good news? And uh, because we're righteous, we're entitled to all the blessings that, uh, that he has given us. Then secondly, also, he's given us his authority. What does that mean? That means he's given us dominion over the works of his hands. We can speak a thing into existence. We can command a thing to happen. We can bring healing to our bodies. We can bring peace to situations. We have authority here on this earth, right? And the, the third thing is we have his healing virtue. It's entitled to us. Jesus called it the children's bread. We're entitled to the healing that God has provided for us through Jesus Christ. People ask me all the time, does Jesus want, or does God want to heal everybody? The answer is he already has. 2,000 years ago, when Christ died on the cross, he said, by my stripes, you are healed. Because of the sin that was put upon him, our righteousness was put upon us, his righteousness was put upon us, and by his stripes, we're healed. So we are all healed 2,000 years ago. Isn't that good news? So you don't have to beg for his healing. You don't have to wonder or ask, do you want to heal me? Yes. It is his will to heal us. I, I like that. And the, the last thing on this, on this is we are entitled to his financial blessings. He wants to pour out his blessings. He said, you uh, have been blessed with Abraham's blessings. What does that mean? You're blessed coming in, you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the field. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Whatever you put your hands to will prosper. Wherever you go, whatever you touch, whatever you do, you're blessed. Amen. Amen. Whatever job you take, you have to know that God is behind you and he's working for your good and he's going to bless the work of your hands. Amen. So if you're in a job, guess what? It's, that company's going to prosper because you're there. The department that you're under is going to expand and grow and do good business because what? The hand of the Lord is upon you for that, to prosper you in all that you do. To me, that's good news. I always felt that when I went to work. I said, you guys are, you hired me, but man, you're going to get a better blessing because I'm here. <laughs> Amen? Amen. And not only I'm here, but God is here. So that's, that's, that's the recap. That's all good news. But we're going to focus in on something today about us being a child of God or a son of God. So let's look at this scripture right here. John 1, 11 through 12. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. What does that mean? He came to his creation. See, we're not all children of God. We're all of his creation. Everybody in the world was created by God, but he gives us, gave us the possibility and the ability and the power to become sons of God, right? Everybody says, well, we're all child of God. No, you're not. You're a creation. But when he, when, he, when he comes and adopts you and his spirit comes on the inside of you, you're born from above. That's what it means to be born again. You're born from above. His spirit comes on the inside of you and then you know your spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Oh, okay. I know that you're my father now. I know when I first got saved, I felt like he came into me and said, okay, you know me. I belong to you. I want to serve you. Just like Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that's what I felt like when I first got saved. Okay, I have arrived. You have discovered or found me. And now I want to serve you. So when you, um, he came to his own, and his own did not receive. The creation that he made didn't receive him. 
Isn't that frustrating when you witness to somebody and you want to tell them about Christ and they just, well, you know, if that's, if that's your way, that's great, but my way is a different way. No, 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 no. <laughs> he wants to be with you. And, well, you know, I'm good. You know, that's all right. It's your religion and keep it to yourself. Like, that's the way Jesus, Jesus cried out in the streets. He that believeth on me shall not perish but have everlasting life. And they just, some of them ignored him. He came to his own, but his own received him not. And we can relate that to it every day. Sometimes God is wanting and Jesus is wanting to reach out and talk to us in our hearts. And we're too busy. We don't want to spend time with him. And we receive him not, but receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave them power or the ability to become children of God. What, what a wonderful thing to be called a child of the Most High God. How much he loves us. Praise God. And like I said, we're made in his image and in his likeness and in his power. So uh, I have a little definition of what that means, image of God. It means uh, a representative figure and in like manner. It means that we're supposed to participate in transforming the earth into his divine dwelling. We're called here to make peace, to bring his, his spirit upon the earth. We are God's representatives or delegates on the earth. We are supposed to act out his imaging and use his creative power to do things in this world that wouldn't have been done if we weren't here. Isn't that amazing? So let's look at this in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 11. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, I remember when I was growing up, I was about seven or eight years old, and I was just happy as a lark. You know, I didn't have a care in the world. And I was walking through the kitchen, my mom was cooking, and she said, son, can you empty that trash? And I looked at her like, that's not my job. Empty the trash? Do, who, who do, I don't do that. I've never seen it. What? Me? Empty the trash? Don't we have a maid or a servant or something? It, don't you do that? Or that who, I, me? Empty the trash? I don't know. I was shocked. <laughs> and so I, she said, take the, tr take the bag out empty it in the trash, and if it's clean, if it's not wet, bring the bag back and put it in the trash container. That's how poor we were. I didn't know it, but that's... <laughs> you had to save the trash bag. And so I did it, and I go, whew, that was rough. She goes, that's your job from now on. <laughs> Don't curse me. Oh, from now on? For how long? Until you leave the house. <laughs> Until I leave the house. <laughs> I should have never come out of my room. I don't know what. I just, it was a bad, bad moment. But how do you know that eventually it was going to happen, that I was going to have to take out the trash? I've been taking out the trash ever since. <laughs> I asked my wife, do you ever take out the trash? She says, yes, occasionally. I go, well, how much is occasionally? We've been married 33 years. How many times do you think you took it out in 33 years? She said, maybe about 20. I go, 20? 
That means like maybe once a year or so. I've been taking out the trash for over 60 years. Oh, gosh. And then I had to learn other things. They didn't stop there. Then she started, I had to vacuum. I had to, you know, mow the lawn. I had to wash the car. All these things that were piled on me as a child. Because what? I was growing up. I was a child. But I had to learn how to be responsible in the things that I'm doing. And, and my mom, when I, when I vacuum, you know, I didn't, I had to vacuum before I could go out and play baseball. And I don't know if your moms were this, but and Norma, I don't know if you're like this, but do you inspect the work after they do it? Oh, my well, mom, you, did you get under there? Yeah, mom, it doesn't look like it. Oh, come on, do the whole room. Oh, I'm gonna be late for the game. Well, that's your problem. That we, we were raised in a, <laughs> in a tough way. Paul, you, you, can, you know how it was, right? You, you're t you made them do it. So uh, we, we as, as children, we, we need to grow up. Let me see, because when I was a child, let's see how it is. The next slide. Oh, we're just having a good old time, right? We pile on each other. We play. We have fun. No cares in the world. Carefree. But uh, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, we have to learn how to be responsible. You know, you had to learn how to answer the phone. You had to learn how to be polite, you know, to people that come over. Don't be talking all the time. You know, don't say things. Don't say things that's on your mind. <laughs> and then as you grow up, you know, your mom would, you know, she'd find out things that you had done out there in the street. She'd say, uh, Charles, where did you learn how to do that? You didn't learn that at home. No, Mama. <laughs> it's those people I hang around with. <laughs> so you had to learn how to uh, be strong, right? Be, be, uh, be, a, be a man. OK, so let's look at the next slide. In Galatians 4.1, it says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord over all. What does that mean? That means that uh, we have all this power, we have all this authority that comes from Christ, but we have to learn how to use it. We have to be disciplined. We can't be just shooting off our mouth, you know, causing things to happen, because we'll hurt people. Right? We'll cause them to be, um, uh, what's the word? We'll cause them to, to uh, uh, um, we'll, we'll cause evil to come upon them. We'll curse them. Can you imagine if you had all the power in your mouth uh, aligned and, and you see somebody driving crazy and you go, I hope that guy runs off the road. Right? That'd be terrible, right? Or somebody hurts you and does something wrong and you say, well, I hope you just, you know, stay in hell for forever or something like that. I mean, the words of our mouth are cursing people, but the Bible says you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to what? Bless those that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully. We have to grow up in the Lord. We can't be babies anymore. Did you know that? Everybody gets so hurt all the time. Oh, they said this to me. Can you believe that? Why would they say that to me? 
Why would they do that to me? I mean, I had a one friend at work, and he looked to be so cool all the time. You know, just going through work, just cool. I go, hey, man, Joseph, you're cool. Yeah, I try to be. I go, what, what if somebody wronged you? What if somebody, like, you know, borrowed $100 from you and didn't pay you back? Oh, then I'd get on him, boy. Then I'd, I'd pay, I would, I would really let him have it. I'd let him know, you know, some things. How many of you have ever lent somebody $100 and didn't get, didn't, it didn't get paid back? $100 or more. What do you do? What do you do? You go to their house and strangle them? Or what, what do you do? <laughs> or you give it to the Lord, right? And say, Lord, I've lent to them. And you will repay me. I, we, the guy that did the asphalt here, he said he, he got taken for like $25,000 one time, one time $185,000. He said, I felt like shooting the, the guy. And he's a Christian. I go, I know how you feel. But what are you doing? You have to mature and, and count it all joy, amen, and learn how to love God and let God love you and, and, and make up the difference. So here's a, here's a guy. I don't know if you've ever known this story about Josiah. He was eight years old when he became king. Can you imagine becoming king at eight years old? I mean, what does he know? Nothing, right? He needed a tutor. He needed someone to help him, to guide him along. We need people to guide and help us along when we become Christians. How to act. I had to learn how to not respond to people when they're going off. We had this one uh, pastor, this one lady who was very vociferous, very vocal, uh, came in and wanted to have a meeting with the pastor, and I could tell she had steam coming out of her ears. I didn't see the steam, but I, I, I felt it. <laughs> and I said, oh, <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> and so she was a lady, so I had to be in on the meeting with them, and so I just sat back and watched. And, and she went on and on about how he didn't do this right and how he made this mistake and why was he doing it this way. And I'm just, and he's just looking at her in green, I understand. Mm -hmm. And I'm going like, what's happening here? Why aren't you defending yourself? Why aren't you, you know, taking up your cause? And so after, you know, they, they laughed and they talked and she laughed, she felt better. And I said, why didn't you, why didn't you say something? He said, well, you know, uh, if there's no wood, the fire will go out. If I keep fueling her and getting her upset, she's going to get more and more and more. And he told me this one thing I'll never forget. He said, I had to raise up my love level. I had to turn it up <laughs> and not let those things affect me. Sometimes in, in our hearts, we have to let the love of God take control over us and just love them. As if you're watching a TV show and you're watching... Uh, um, people fighting on TV, it doesn't affect you because that's them fighting. And that's what we have to do. We have to have the love of God perfect and protect us in case things are going on like that. Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to do that? Yes. If you haven't had to, then we need to learn how to do that, how to grow up in the Lord and be strong in Him. Jesus, what did He do? He was like a lamb to the slaughter. They made all kinds of accusations to him. He didn't rile back. He just took it. And Peter said, that's the, our example, to learn how to love people, even when they're not acting right. Praise the Lord. 
So this guy at eight years old didn't do anything until he was 26 years old. He had to learn how to you know, follow the things of the Lord. So in his heart, he wanted to build or rebuild the temple of God. So he began to do that and started orchestrating that. And guess what? As they were doing that, they found the Bible where it prophesied that he was going to do that 300 years before he did. Well, looky here. He was only doing what God had put in his heart and prophesied 300 years ago. Guess what? God has put things in your heart that he wants you to do, and he's waiting for you to take control and be a son of God and do those things that he has already ordained for you to do before the foundation of the world. We just can't sit back and say, oh, okay, Lord, it's under your control. We'll just watch you work. No. He says, I need you to be my hands. You to be my feet. You to be the things that uh, I want you to do. So, so that's what we have to do. And, um, and we can't be like this. Let me see if we have this scripture up here. No. Hebrews 5.8 says, Though he were a son, talking about Jesus, he learned obedience by the things he what? Suffered. Do you think it was easy for Jesus to live with the, us? As people, I mean, they ridiculed him day after day after day, his own disciples. Some of them left, not the 12, but the others left when he did things. And they, they tried to kill him all the time, throw him off a hill and everything. But do you think he, he, uh, he just succumbed to that? No, he had to discipline himself, submit himself to the will of the Father. And he had to operate in grace and mercy because we can't be like this guy. Can anybody relate to that? If you've had kids, remember the terrible twos? The more you tell them to be quiet, the louder they get. I know my son, God bless his soul. <laughs> he doesn't remember, but when he was two years old, he was, he was hard to work with. Okay, When we went to the restaurant, you know, after he was done eating, he wanted to go home, okay? I don't care what you all do and talk and everything, but I need to go. And he'd climb over everything and just, oh, man. And we tried to reason with him. We tried to talk with him. It didn't work. So finally we said, you know what? We're not going to a restaurant until he's three years old, okay? We're going to get, get through this terrible twos. This is the way we're handling it. <laughs> and sure enough, after he got older, he, uh, you know, learned how to, to not do those kinds of things. And, uh, and so we, we found out that spanking really works. I don't know if you, you know that, but in the Bible, it says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it out. And we were doing some driving, baby. <laughs> and I tell you, a good whooping will last about a week, a week and a half. And we, he was good. Then after that, it's, that foolishness started creeping in again. But that didn't, that didn't bother us because the Bible says also, spare not the rod, for if you beateth him, I like that, the King James, if you beateth him, he will not die. <laughs> so one time, we were, in a, we were not in a restaurant, we were, I think, at, at Kaiser, and, and, and so he was acting up, and I took him in the bathroom, in the men's bathroom, but, uh, just to let you know, and I was ready to hit him, and this woman comes in and says, don't hit that child. I go, what do you mean? <laughs> Get out of here. I'm going to hit you. you know? <laughs> 
And she said, you can't hit a child. I go, do you want him? <laughs> do, you wanna, do you wanna live with him? Because I have got to spank him, okay? And I told her to get out and I spunk him, spanked him because if you don't correct the child, they're gonna grow up and act like, look like this. Let's see, let's see the next. They're gonna act like this. Cry baby, cry baby. I didn't get my way, I didn't, you know. Why are you doing this to me? Jeez. You, 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 know, you know those people that have grown up are still like that, right? <laughs> My wife deals with these kinds of people that are managers. And they say things like, well, they just have to get used to me yelling because that's just the way I am. They shouldn't take it personal. Yeah, well, you're not going to take it personal when they fire you either, are you? <laughs> but the Bible says, great peace have they that love the law, and nothing by any means shall offend them. We have to have the peace of God. We have to be in control of ourselves. Tell someone, I have to be in control of myself. Amen? So, <laughs> we all need to grow, don't we? We all need to mature. We all need to be not children and crying. Because you know what crying's all about? You know what anger's all about? Not getting your own way. That, that's basically what it is. You don't get your own way. Ah, why, don't, why don't they do it that way? Why don't they pick me? We've had people leave the church because their picture wasn't on the brochure that we had. They're like, what? <laughs> no, I, I got, I, my picture wasn't on the brochure. Okay. Anyway, uh, but the main point here, let's look at the main point. Romans 8, 19. This is what I'm getting to. Romans 8, 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. What does that mean? God wants us to take control over his, his work, and the whole earth is waiting for you to take control, for you to manifest yourself. We've had some great men and women uh, uh, in history. For instance, Martin Luther King. He didn't just sit back and let prejudice happen for the people of color. He took action. He said, I have a dream that all men would be treated fairly and equal. He, 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 he brought up a cause, a peaceful cause. He changed the world, didn't he? Mother Teresa, she brought attention to the poor. We have to feed the poor, and she made it her lifetime goal and uh, drive is to feed the poor and bring recognition to those that don't have enough to eat. And then there's this one lady that I was looking at, I couldn't believe it, Eunice Shriver. Have you heard her story? Do you know what she created, Eunice Shriver? Uh, the Special Olympics. And they had a little special on her, and I, was, I did some study also. She had, her, one of her sisters was mentally handicapped, mentally challenged, intellect, intellectually slow. But they never, in those days, they didn't talk about it. So they hid it from everybody. Now, her brothers, Pretty famous brothers, wouldn't you say? Her brother was the president of the United States. Her uh, other brother was the attorney general, and her other brother was a senator. But yet they had this one girl that was mentally handicapped, and they hid it. So one day in a newspaper, magazine article, she mentions it, that my sister, Rosemary, 
is mentally challenged. And she began a drive to show that these people should not be outcasts, should not be just put aside in society, should not be just shunned and locked up and institutionalized, but they have real spirits and real emotions and real life on the inside of them. So what she did with a friend of hers is she had a camp in her backyard, invited all the neighbors that were mentally challenged, all the people in the area, and they came and they had competition and they had games and they had competition to see who would win. And the kids were excited and thrilled to show themselves and to be happy and have expression. Because before they thought, oh, they can't you know, participate. They, they're too clumsy. They, they don't know what they're doing. But she brought uh, attention to it all. And now, with, through the Special Olympics, they're in 170 countries, over 4.5 million participants every year. Because one woman said, I am not going to let this thing go unnoticed. I'm going to bring it to the world's attention. One woman had a manifestation of the Son of God or the daughter of God and said, I need to make a change. How about you? Maybe it's not you know, a worldwide thing, but how about making a difference on your block? How about making a difference in your family? How about making a difference in your school or your, or your work? Make a difference. Be the light. Be something that is, uh, you know, is, has an expression in this world. Don't be just going through and not making a difference. Amen? Can I get an amen? I hope this challenges you to say, you know what, I need to step it up. I need to do something that's going to make an impact on society. And you ask, what am I supposed to do? God's put it on the inside of you already what you're supposed to do. All you have to do is get close to him and look inside you, and he'll show you. Do the things that you want to do, and he'll prepare you and, and, and pave the way for you. You know, uh, we're here, we're refat refurbishing the church, but we didn't just stumble onto this thing. We've been doing this thing for a long time. I've been uh, in ministry for 36 years. I've helped other pastors with their churches. I've gotten one pastor out of debt. He was $130,000 in debt, and in one year we got him out of debt. Other, another pastor, has his, his church needed to be refurbished. I helped him do that. I learned by uh, using contractors and finding deals and discounts that we were able to improve his property. Then we're at... Um, Cameron Park for 12 years, waiting for the Lord. Yeah, Lord, are you ready? Anytime, Lord, now. You know, do you see me here? Okay. And all of a sudden, we're here, and now we're able to refurbish the facility here. But I learned some things. You're only as good as the contractor that you employ, let me tell you. <laughs> we, I learned how to make some deals with the blinds. I, the lady wanted some, you know, a certain amount of money for the blinds. I said, no, we can't do it. Well, she waited till December, and then she said, she called me, and she said, well, you know what? I'll forego my, my um, commission because I'll make, if I make the sale, I'll make more on my bonus than I would have on my commission. So we got these beautiful blinds. But one guy that I used, he was a friend of a friend, and he told me he could do great things, but it's just, I had a, you know, like a, uneasy feeling on the inside of me. He was spending a lot of money and things were not working. Everything was tore apart, but nothing was going together. And I looked at him, and, and, and I didn't know this at the time, but he put the kitchen cabinets upside down. He's trying, you know, that's, that's a bad sign. And we had everything all 
strewn apart, and I'm going, oh, my Lord. And I just was in the rubble praying, Lord, help me, because most contractors will not come back behind somebody and help somebody that has made a mess. They want to start fresh and clean. So I prayed and prayed and prayed, and finally somebody told me, my friend will come in and bail you out. And he did. He made it look beautiful. And so uh, I, I learned some things. So when we were doing this, this uh, facility, that's what I learned. I got to get the best contractors, and I got to get the best deals. So we started with the trees, and be believe it or not, the guy did the trees for free. An $800 job for free. He said, all I need is a letter saying that I donated this to the church. Praise the Lord. Chop away. <laughs> <laughs> then we went to the asphalt company, and they, and they gave us a quote. And he said, because you're a church, I'll, tell you, I'll take off $2,000. I said, and he was, the, he was the best asphalt person company in, in, uh, in Covina. Been here many years. I didn't know that. Just stumbled onto it. And so he did that. And he put two coats instead of one. Everybody else was going to put one coat on. That's why I'm kind of like watching the asphalt, you know, like, come on. <laughs> Be careful now. <laughs> That's a $7,000 project right there. <laughs> and so, uh, so then, so then uh, I, I went to, uh, you know, you ever heard of holy coincidence where you do something that God's guiding you and you don't know what's happening? So I went to, to uh, Home Depot and the Bear Paint Company representative was there and we started talking. He was a Christian and we started talking. He says, I'll give you 20% off all the paint that you want. Oh, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. And then he recommended me a painter that would come. And she's a Christian. She did a wonderful job. And I was just so thrilled the way the Lord's working. And then I, and then I, I had to call Al. I said, Al, I need some help with the uh, um, upstairs foundation. It's all, it's leaky and it's, the boards are messed up. I need your help. He came in and did a fabulous job. He came in and did some patchwork over in the fellowship hall. Charlie helped him. They did, he did such a great job that the painter that came back said, who is this guy that did this? This is such wonderful work. I need him to work for me. So I hooked him up, and there, he's got a job planned for uh, tomorrow. Amen. Amen. So, so God wants to use you to do things. Like Elder Charlie, he, he, I don't have to tell him, you know, this needs to be done. He saw that there was a... a plate for the mailbox that wasn't there. Instead of saying, Pastor, there's a mailbox that's, that needs to be replaced, he went home and made one and brought it back and put it there. He said, there's some paint that, you know, that you have. It's flat on the, on the door. I have some at home. I'll bring it and I'll paint it semi-gloss. You know, most people say, hey, Pastor, you want to fix that and take care of that, Pastor? <laughs> you need to work on that, Pastor. Get, get busy. Come on. Let's go, Pastor. <laughs> But God wants to use your gifts in the church and wherever you're at. And I'm looking around, and I, you know, there's so many of you that have helped me in the past, helped this church, and I don't want to go through all the names because I'll miss, some, um, um, I'll miss somebody, and then I'll, get, then I'll get a letter saying, you know, <laughs> Pastor, you, you, you went over everybody, but you forgot about me. <laughs> But the Bible says that what? The Lord is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love. He will repay. Amen? I do it as unto the Lord. I never wanted to be stood up and said, okay, well, here you did this. No, the Lord knows, and the Lord will reward you. So we've got a lot of things that we have to do yet. 
And one of the things we have to do is we have to bring more people into the church. You know, we, have, we are believing for 100 adults. We had uh, 50 adults last week. We had 70 total. But we're working on a program so we can get you activated and to be able to reach out in a very easy way so that you can reach others so that they can come and be partakers of a wonderful place that we have here. So as in conclusion, uh, let's look at this next slide. Uh, Peter said to this, he says, grow in grace. You know, we're supposed to grow. We're not supposed to be just stayed in our own ways. We're supposed to grow in grace. What is grace? Grace is God's ability to do, to do things. Not your ability, but he's given you his ability on the inside of you using your gifts and your talents. In the Old Testament, when they built something, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon the person to go and do whatever it was, embroider, embroider or build or make. So let the Lord use you in whatever he wants you to, whether it be to listen to somebody, to help somebody, to help out at the church, whatever it is, grow in God's ability. And in the knowledge, that's his wisdom, his understanding in everything, grow in grace and the wisdom of God, knowledge of God. To him be glory both now and forevermore. And let God lead you. Let God lead you. Last scripture is here. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit. Some people need to get the let out. <laughs> and let the Spirit of the Lord minister through you. Be free. Don't hold back. Because if you do, God will bless you. He sees you and knows you and sees what you're doing and wants to reward you. You know, there's a, there's a scripture that says, if you're faithful in the little, he'll make you faithful in the much. And, and right after that, it says, come into the presence of the Lord. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I will give you rule over 10 cities in the millennium. And I looked at that and I go like, you mean that Whatever work I do down here, God's looking at it and watching it and seeing that he can put me in charge of, uh, of his rule over 10 cities. Can you imagine being in charge of 10 cities? That's amazing. But God says, I'll use you and I'll, I'll carry you through. So whatever the Lord has put on your heart to do, begin to do it. Let the manifestation of the sons of God be manifested to, to us and to all of his creation. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I just thank you for your goodness and your love. I thank you that, Lord, you love us with an everlasting love. You've given us ability and power and strength to do things that we couldn't do in our own self. So I ask you, Lord God, to impart unto us the things that you want us to do to help your kingdom, to expand the kingdom of God and to allow your hand to work in our behalf. So, Father, whatever we have on the inside of us, and as you become circumspect, and just think about the things that God would want you to do, and what does he want you to do? Whatever you like to do. Whether it be to cook, to bake, to listen, to take care of people, to work in the children's church, whatever it is, let the Lord use you. Help out in hospitality, help out in, in um, greeting people when they come into church. What a joyous thing it is to be used of God. So, Father, I just thank you as your spirit is moving upon the people right now. I thank you that you're 
enlightening them and giving, giving them ideas on how they can be used by you to do great things so that we can be just like Christ and we can know who we are in Christ. And so for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, Amen. I just like to hear Isaac playing. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. As he's playing, just let the Lord touch your heart. Know that we belong to him and he loves us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord God. Praise you, sweet Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, the Lord says, I hear you. I see you. I'm with you. I'm going to be your God. You are my people. And I'm committed to you. I love you. And I'll stand by you. And I'll see your prayers answered. For my glory. And for your victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.